This is Badass Billy Gunn, 11-time WWE Tag Team Champion, Intercontinental Champion, Hardcore Champion, and you're listening to IcoPod. You got to hear this. And if you're not listening to this, I got two words for you. Suck it. And we're back with episode 147 of Ico Pod. I am Bob Collin Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley and Austin Skinner. Fellas, we are a mere two weeks away from SummerSlam 1995. Are we feeling the heat? Huh. Is it a scorcher? The excitement? Yep. I can't wait for SummerSlam 1995. Okay, Dallas. You're um, very actually, convincing. I was gonna make a joke, but now I can't. I can't remember what the fuck it is. Um, I can remember what it is. It's the uh, the fucking SummerSlam card. Oh no! Well, yeah, but actually, Bob already made the joke because the SummerSlam poster says "Face the Heat." I, that's I couldn't remember what it said. Oh, so I was gonna okay. I was gonna pull some funny shit out of my ass about that, but uh, yeah, uh, I think well, I, I can tell you, I was not actively looking at the SummerSlam nineteen ninety five poster. Well, um, I just so. well, I just did recently because of uh, <laughs> our updated cover photo, which uh, as of recording is not up, but will be up because <laughs> I, I just made it. So by the time anyone hears this, there's gonna be a really sweet custom SummerSlam on Icopod's oh, social media whoa. pages. So get the fuck ready. I didn't just copy and paste no poster. No, that's what just, I do. Yeah, me too. Well, normally I probably would too, but I had so much fun making the ones for in your house. That I made a I made one with a an image from a recent episode of Raw because I wanted to kind of recreate the poster because mm-hmm. you cannot find a good image of that poster mm-hmm. that's not 200 pixels big, so mm-hmm. I kind of created my own and yeah. that is the Icopod social. Actually, uh, while you guys start talking, I could even post it right now so you guys can see it live. Wow! Wow! Look at you. Uh, to answer you, Bob, I would say that. I think my momentum as far as excitement has kind of hit a plateau because realistically, am I less excited for SummerSlam than I was for the last in your house or two? I mean, not really. It's getting to the point for me where these pay-per-views used to have some sort of buildup where it'd be like, all right, finally we've gotten to the pay-per-view to where is now kind of on the backside of 1995. It's like, fuck, now we got the pay-per-view. So it's just kind of a shame that like I went from super excited all the time to like finally we're going to get some blow offs. Finally, we're going to get some new story stuff to. Hey, here's some stuff that's probably not going to solve anything and you're not going to get super great matches that you couldn't just see on Raw. And here you go. Enjoy it. Hope you like spending your 40 to 50 dollars on our pay-per-view. So I don't know. It's just for me, I'm kind of flatlined as far as WWF pay-per-views are concerned. I am kind of right in the same boat I was for the last in your houses, I would say. Well, I think for me, if you are somebody that appreciates a good storyline or captivating television, SummerSlam 95 is kind of the definition of not having that. 
Because if you look at the card, it's, you know, you have Diesel and King Mabel. Right. Awesome. You know, that's fucking going to be the greatest match ever. Right. But then, like, every other match, maybe aside from Undertaker and Kama, which really those two guys on television, aside from King of the Ring, I guess. Yeah. Have had zero real interaction. Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels, the latter match, was made because Gorilla Monsoon did a video where he was like, yeah, so, like, Shawn and Sable probably suck. So we're just going to give you Razor and Shawn in a ladder match because that's what happened in WrestleMania 10, and I'm sure that's what the fans want. That was thrown together. Yeah. The Bret Hart-Isaac Yankum match. Yankum hasn't even left the dentist office. It's just been Lawler saying, literally, kicked this guy's ass. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So there's been no substance there. Barry Horowitz and Skip has gotten the most attention, and most of that has happened on Superstars, which we haven't seen. Yeah. So it's kind of amazing that the second, you know, maybe the biggest or second biggest pay per view. Of the year, you're really going into it with stale storylines. Not much traction going on. Underdeveloped. 100%. So, you know, all of that's you know kind of a bummer. And then, uh, you know, also just kind of thinking about it. Guys like Savio Vega, 1-2-3 kid. Hakushi. Those guys don't have angles or any kind of match going into the show thus far. Nothing's been announced for him. Hunter Hearst Helmsley has done, has had nothing going right, on. Right, Bob Holly. Bob Holly. Bam Bam Bigelow is just, you know, floating around now after yeah. WrestleMania 11 and that promised big push, but he's been just the sidekick to Diesel and Sean. Right. Uh, Jean-Pierre Lafitte. Sure. Uh, you know, yeah. came in with a great look and stuff like that, but had a he, decent he, little he, match or two on Raw. Yeah, he stole all that bag, the bag that Hakushi had of Bret Hart's head. Right. I guess, but nothing is really going on. A bunch of blaze. Right. I really haven't heard anything from her. Right. So it's like they have a whole lot of stuff going on. All these, I mean, all these wrestlers, but they can't formulate a compelling storyline. Lex Luger and Davey Boy Smith. You know what are they doing? Right. Exactly. You know, it's almost like to me, like the booking sense, I picture it as like a spiral notebook, right? And they're just filling out the notebook. And then when it comes to booking the pay-per-view, they're flipping back through, but like either pages are stuck together or pages are missing. And then they just go off what they have. And it's like, well, you just did this two weeks ago and now you're booking this match. That makes no sense. Or these guys were just feuding. Now you're dropping that completely and starting a whole nother feud. So it's just, there's a lot of like, I don't know, mishaps going on. Uh, On top of that, I'm kind of doubly bummed because I would say historically, I tend to enjoy SummerSlam the most out of the year. So for me, it's kind of even more bitter that the fact we're really not getting a whole lot of substance here. But (laughs) when you're force fed shit for a year, you just kind of come accustomed to the taste of it. Yeah. No, I agree. And I, I'm with you as well. WrestleMania and SummerSlam are, 
you know, historically, historically the only two pay-per-views that I would regularly say, okay, this is going to be kind of worth, worth my time. Obviously WrestleMania 11 was not worth the time. Right. And then, and clearly SummerSlam 95 for WWF, they were just like, well, you know, we'll just kind of roll with it. There's not been that major summer angle. No. And that's, and that's so weird because the last two years and really the years before that, there has most definitely been one, a huge one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so 93 was Lex express obviously. And then 94 was Brett and Owen in the cage. Right. And then this year it's the former rapper guy winning the King of the ring to go after uh, a truck. Yeah, it's like not even close because even the build itself, it hasn't gone all year. No, you know, so I don't, I don't know. It's just you can definitely tell the creative juices are starting to freeze up in the lines. That's the way it feels to me, and that's the way it's felt to I think all three of us from 1995. Um, but it's just a bummer because kind of like Bob highlighted, there's a lot of new guys that are in, a lot of young, hungry talent that is good. That maybe, you know, either hasn't gotten the, you know, time on television or the proper push when needed or just the lack of you total lack of utilization. Yeah. So it's just it's such a weird upside down time that trying to make sense of it. We could be on this for 36 hours, let alone one and a half. So. I think it's best that we just do what we do best and get right down to it, Bob. All right. Well, uh, there's not a lot of notes in terms of Observer, but there is some house show notes, and there is a uh, Madison Square Garden house show which, with some interesting developments. So uh, we'll get into that here shortly. But let's get into Observer, observer notes. The WWF believes it is 50-50 whether or not Jeff Jarrett will return to the company. I guess Jeff oh. Jarrett had a... Phone conversation with Vince McMahon, largely stating that his issues were that he was being presented as a phony singer, and then at the arena shows, such as Madison Square Garden, that he wouldn't be he wouldn't get wins. So he's a phony singer, and then he's losing both on television and at the arenas. It's like, where can I go from there? I'm a fraud. You know, I can't. No one will buy into me. Uh, his partner in crime, the roadie. Apparently, the WWF is not interested in bringing him back at this point. Wow. Because it's reported, it has been reported, that the roadie failed a drug test prior to In Your House number two. (laughs) Well, I find that super interesting that he failed it prior to the show and then they still let him go and wrestle. That's what I was thinking when I read that. Um, because on that show, that was the show that he pinned one, two, three, could clean with a pile driver. Yeah. 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 Or at least give him the loss or something. And then, okay, yeah. we don't have to show him for a couple I, of weeks. If see, up- yeah, I don't, to me, that sounds like sour grapes on WWF's end because they were investing a lot in Roadie pretty quickly. Right. So for them to be like, oh, well, we didn't want you back anyway. So you're lost. It's kind of like bullshit, motherfuckers. You do. It- and didn't he win a he won a match at King of the Ring, didn't he? Yeah. He advanced. Right. So I wonder if that's why the roadie walked out with Jared. He was like, Well, I fucking failed the drug test. I did Coke before the show. I'm gonna get busted. I might as well just walk out now. I don't know. 
Uh, it could definitely could be because why else are you going to do that when they're booking you relatively strong compared to a lot of other guys? Right. He's Sid Vicious himself. Yeah, 100%. There's a, there's a drug test. So I'm just going to walk out on it. Not a big deal. Yeah. Um, as far as Jared, I'm surprised to hear 50-50 because as of like last week, that was it. There's nothing. It's 0-100. He's not coming back. Right. Jerry Jarrett was saying that his son, Jeff, was not going to be returning. So he would just like set out the contract or whatever. Right. But now it's 50-50. So. I if think I, it would do Jeff Jarrett some good not to come back, to be honest. If I had to guess, I bet you Jeff was like, hey, Bischoff, are you interested? And Bischoff was like, nah, dude, we're good. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> fuck, okay, well, I gotta come back. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Exactly. So, who knows? Uh, here's some sad news for Austin's favorite wrestler on the Icopod series. Mike Rotunda, also known as IRS, is leaving the <gasps> World Wrestling Federation, and he'll be going to work for World Championship Wrestling. Oh, oh man. When? Uh, I would imagine... I think we've seen his last appearance. Oh, his fuck. I want to say his match with Sean on Raw the other week is uh, was his final Raw appearance. And I he's definitely in WCW by October, I think. Oh, well, at least he goes out on a high note. There you go. That's a good point. Dude, we here's the thing, okay? And everybody gives me shit about IRS, all right? I'm going to set the record straight right now, okay? Would you rather watch IRS or Quang, for example? Well, yeah, I mean. I'd rather watch Quang. No, get, get out of here. You're a liar. No, I'm not lying. Because you know what? Quang, who is Savio Vega. Would it at least do like a running spinning heel kick in the corner and land on the floor? And you'd be like, wow, that was cool. Mike Rotunda just sweats. He just sweats profusely. Yeah. Okay. Abdominal stretch. Right. That's it. It's called relatable, Bob. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I I, uh, I, I, look, don't like, think... I look like Mike Rotunda when I wake up every morning. Oh. Just sweaty. Shirt My shirt's soaked. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm disgusting. Not looking good. Yeah, uh, my white my white T-shirt is suddenly blue. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing, man. We point being, at the end of the day, we've seen a lot of bullshit on Raw. IRS Mike Rotunda is not at the bottom of that list. I agree with that. At least even what I've seen. So, and, and that's my only argument. Did I say he's at the top of the pile? Absolutely not. You said he had the best match at SummerSlam 1993. And you go watch that shit back <laughs> and you tell me any different motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 Bob, just to follow up with uh, what you said, his last televised match was against Shawn Michaels. And then oh. he had some pretty strong matches on his way out, though. Pretty much his, he fought um, at a... Uh, many house shows diesel and yeah. sean in a tag match teaming with uh tatanka and then he had a couple singles matches with sean before he left uh his last match was july 29th 95 and then he actually makes his first wcw appearance september 11th which is the second nitro oh. okay. okay yeah i was i was gonna say september but i wasn't sure if it was like maybe a no complete a no computer or something oh. uh, Th- that is a quick turnaround yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's less than a month. He's on the 
competition. And you guys, I, I, I believe I, I noted it that he was going to be a producer for WWF mm-hmm. and still work house shows. Yeah. Which was clearly them phasing him out right. in the ring because the right. idea would be he'd be a producer and then if they needed him for a replacement or something on house shows, that he could be inserted in there. But WCW must have been like, we take former WWF stars all the time. Right. We'll give you a couple hundred. Just jump shit, Last man. Last dates. Right. Abdominal stretch all you want on WCW Worldwide. We don't care. Yeah, we'll put you over. Yeah, you'll beat cares? young good. You you'll beat young good talent all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, it's like maybe now, after a year of the new generation movement, we're actually slowly turning that corner to the new generation movement because we haven't seen guys like Bundy in a while. Yeah, that, IRS really is point. leaving. You know, all Bob Backlund hasn't been featured too heavily. He's been in a couple of vignettes here and there, but he hasn't been on TV every week. So maybe we're finally starting to turn that corner a little bit, which is kind of exciting. Um, well, it just it, it just took them a year and a half after exactly. they start promoting the new generation. Yeah. Well, and, and just think about this with IRS leaving and we haven't seen Bundy. Maybe we could finally see the end of the million dollar corporation. Yeah, it, maybe it's slowly falling apart. Even though they have Henry Godwin as a buddy now, who knows? Yeah, yeah, I'm Try- over that angle. I'm over Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase's on way too much. He's getting way too many paydays for my uh, my taste. That's a really good point though about the corporation because that's been a horrible experiment. Oh, well, I mean, I think they are probably going to drag it out a little bit longer. But realistically, I feel like. IRS is like a staple, like him and Ted, you know, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. that's who you think together. Yeah. So then if you only have Ted, I don't give a fuck. Like IRS like adds to that group, I think enough where it was like, okay, IRS and Ted, like that's a classic like team. And okay, that's I get your it. money Inc team. And that's I the was mon- going to say, that's an extension of money Incorporated. Exactly. So without IRS, what's the point? You might as well just start phasing that out. We right. don't need it. Sid doesn't that- need to be in that. That's a. I've never really thought, like looked at it that way. That IRS was kind of what kind of brought it all together. Absolutely, to I some, feel like that. And and like I said, I mean, who knows? Maybe even on this raw, maybe we'll we'll see it. And it's just going to be weird. Then it's like what Ted Tatanka, Bundy, Sid, and Henry Godwin, and like what the fuck? What kind of team is that? So here, In so here's. Whole- well, here, here's my question. So, with Rotunda leaving for WCW as a viewer of WWF, and you tune, if you were to tune into that second Nitro, and you're seeing a guy leave the corporation to go to a different company, are you like, "Wow, Ted can't even keep his own guys around"? This stable is even more of a joke than what I thought it was. I mean, it that it definitely I think makes it pretty interesting to look at. I see. I don't know though, because as a fan, right? Say you're in '95, you're a fan. Are you seeing WCW as legitimate, or are you saying, "Wow, poor IRS, he's got to go over here to this this place now"? I think maybe. I, go ahead. I John. think it, I, I was gonna say I feel like at first, but I feel like I don't know. I think once we kind of start covering WCW and hearing what happens, maybe maybe that I, I mean obviously it switches eventually, but. So I'm curious to see, like, okay, when he makes this 
his first appearance, is it like, oh fuck, IRS is on this now, or is yeah. it, like, or is it like, oh that's interesting, Lex was here the first week, and now IRS, so people are switching over. I don't know. I don't know. I think it. You got to kind of look at it as a whole. Well, and we just touched on. Don't forget how Vince is seeing it as kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. You know, our fans kind of matching that mentality, knowing what WCW is right now, Saturday nights, kind of BS TV, decent little pay-per-views. I don't know if, I think it's going to take a minute for WCW to really get their foothold in. So even with with IRS on episode two, I don't know if it's going to be seen as really that big a deal. No, I I don't necessarily think that. I although you I know, think the, obviously the Lex thing we know shook shook it up a little bit, but well, because Lex is a quote unquote star that they helped build in WWF, which is crazy though. Because like I said, I think it was last week's episode. It's like he's not doing shit. Like he sucks. So I can't wait to see how like it changes. And it's so funny how quickly audiences forget. Because I said before that I always see Lex as a WCW guy. Mm-hmm. And then he goes back and it's like, oh my God, Lex Luger of the WWF. No, bitches. He was already in WCW. Right. Like, he was that's, in WCW yeah. that's where he got to be a star. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. For me, that's a little bit weird. But going back to the, the corporation, from the very beginning, the corporation should have been about building stars. And it wasn't. All they did was try to prolong Ted's tenure on TV. By kind of just doing a hodgepodge, I'd say the best thing the corporation did was try to utilize Tatanka in a different way. Other than that, you know, I don't think it helped or hurt TV. Well, maybe it hurt it a little bit, but it was just stale. It's all the same old guys that you've seen from the past. Nobody's really making waves. Nobody's a huge threat because they're not winning matches ever. And there's no new stars. You got to put new stars in that to be fueled by Ted and maybe IRS. Cause really IRS is an extension of Ted DiBiase, you know, who can still wrestle in the ring, but it's, it's Ted, you know what I mean? They're a package deal. Um, and it could have been 10 times better, but that's just not the way they went with it. And it's, it's a shame because now if it were to fizzle out, who would really notice? Nobody. Yeah. Well, and I think to answer your question, you know, in 1995, if you were to put on Nitro, would you be buying into it? I think if you were to watch Nitro and you see guys like Hogan, Flair, Savage, Sting, Luger, like Dallas mentioned, and, you know, Arn Anderson, Nasty Boys, whatever, all those guys are considerably bigger stars yeah. than anybody in uh, WWF. And most of those guys, if not all of them, had been in the WWF at some point before going back to WCW. So I think a lot of fans be like, oh shit, I didn't know all these dudes were here. All these guys are mega stars. Right. No, that's a good point. And don't forget the production value in the Mall of America is fucking awesome. Yeah, so, WCW's production was always better because it was a production company like CNN, Ted Turner. Yeah. Like, that's their background. So So I don't know. I mean you know, I think it could swing either way, and I think that's why the Monday Night Wars were so successful because it did swing either way. Yeah. So I think it's just going to be interesting to tune into that first week and really kind of dig into it and see because I've never watched that first show fall all the way through. 
Um, so that'll be interesting for me to like sit there. I've pieced it out. Definitely. I've seen the main event. I've seen Liger Pillman, you know, a couple of different things, but to sit there and watch the whole thing and then dissect it with you guys, I think is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I want to point out, like, you know, I, I made a post on Facebook about what we should do for the Monday night wars. Yeah. We get there I, and it, it looks like the overwhelming yeah. uh, response from the listeners is that, we would still do live watches of Raw and then just discuss what we saw on Nitro. And that like surprised me, shocked me. I'd I'd say. I'll be yeah. honest. I I was also actually pretty surprised with the the overwhelming response. Even even Bob, uh, I saw you you posted even on Twitter. Now we obviously didn't get as nearly as much response, yeah. but needless to say, the majority did in fact go the same direction. Yeah, I right. thought that was pretty interesting, especially now, since Raw hasn't been good in a long, long time. Well, that's why I think people like listening to the show is because we're watching bullshit, so they can all go to hell. <laughs> but I want to point out though is that when we were to when we are to do that, WCW Nitro will not be covered like how we used to cover Raw in the sense of in depth notes and like move by move no stuff way. like that. No it'll way. be very abbreviated. It'll be like so-and-so defeated so-and-so in this amount of time after this move carry on. Promos, interviews probably will not be dissected much because... It's basic, yeah. Yeah, it won't yeah. be really and, needed. And that being said, I think on my own time, I'm going to try to watch Nitro before we record. So right. if I see something of no, I, I'll try to bring that up. I cannot promise I'm going to be able to do that every week, right, but right. That, that is my goal. I want to... Just how I was watching clashes before, in like in between WCW pay per views to kind of fill in those gaps. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to do that with Nitro. I have I will have no problem watching Nitro. I'll just watch it the Sunday before we we record Icopod, and then that's I'll exactly what I was thinking. Jot down some notes or something, but that's what will be going uh, from there. So I and, think that'll be funny. And that's the thing too. So it's not like we're totally leaving out in the cold because again, we do every WCW pay per view that'll continue. So now it'll be nice. Yeah, we're not doing a deep dive dig into each every episode of, of Nitro, but it'll be nice with some context going into the pay-per-views. And kind of, I think everything will be tied together a little bit nicer. So if anything, Nitro does provide that for us. That small commentary, that little peppering in of the Southern-based promotion, I think is uh, only going to enhance our program. So... I can't say that I'm mad that we're sticking with Raw again as the completest in me. I'm I'm okay with it, even though I'm probably gonna hate a lot of the episodes that we do. So in that sense, nothing I guess will change. But um yeah, it was very interesting for me to see that uh everybody really for the most part wanted us to stick with Raws. I thought that mm-hmm. was pretty funny. Yeah, I mean I think a good idea would be when Raw is preempted for like the dog shows or the U.S. Open tennis matches and yeah. stuff like that, that we yeah. would still maybe we could watch Nitro then. Sure. Because I'm sure as fans in '95, '96, '97, if that would be the case, you'd be like, "Well, fuck! I'll just go to TNT and watch Nitro tonight." Right. Um, well, and it, it'll be fun to see the like ratings jump too. Like Nitro that week, they'll probably jump up wicked high before <laughs> sure. be- before they're starting to obviously get steam. Like I think that'll yeah. be fun to fun to see yeah absolutely uh back to the observer notes there's only two more things apparently adam bomb recently gave his notice to the company and oh. judging by judging by what happens at the madison square garden show that i'm about to discuss here in a second uh that was probably the tipping point for his 
desire to give his notice. Dude, first IRS, now Adam Bomb. Dude, fuck it. We're not watching Raw anymore. Forget what everybody voted, dude. We're WCW. Bret Hart spelling it out. <laughs> right in, in the air, yeah. That's right. Uh, the August 7th Raw got a 3.2 rating. That featured, of course, the rematch with Razor and Vega taking on Owen and Yoko for the mm. tag team titles. Uh, so we're kind of going, we were doing for a while, it seemed like three fives, three sevens. Somehow. Yeah, now we're going back down to our three twos, two eights. So <laughs> maybe the fans are trying to tell them something a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, there's three house show notes. One of them, uh, as I've mentioned, is the Garden Show, and then there's a Smoky Mountain Show, and of course USWA. So let's see what we would do on the weekend of the 12th in August here. Uh, first up is the Madison Square, Madison Square Garden Show, August 12th, 95, 8800 is wow. your attendance, which is not great. <clears throat> I'll just uh, note that there was an announcement following the matches for an uh, October 6th return, which would feature the following matches: Bret Hart. With George Animal Steel in his corner to take on Ugh. Isaac Income DDS with Jerry Lawler in his corner. Mm. WWF Women's Champion Alundra Blaze defending against Bertha Faye, The Undertaker against King Mabel, and a WWF World Title match. Now, I guess it wasn't announced who the World Title match would be featuring. Sure. Uh, apparently not King Mabel if he's already wrestling with The Undertaker. <laughs> Spoiler alert there. <laughs> also, a little bit of news here is Bill Watts. Uh, who's been rumored to be getting involved with the company in a creative way, I guess, uh, attended the show as a ticket holder without knowledge of WWF management and reportedly took notes and asked questions of fans around him because he knew virtually nothing about the WWF product, so he had to really get a firsthand lesson from fans um, around him. So uh, I'm not interested in that at all. I'm not either. He's way far behind the times, and that would just hurt them even more. He's good at the very fundamental basics. Bulletproof, I should say. At the very fundamental basics of booking a storyline. Yeah. I think anything beyond that, which is pretty much everything in WWF, uh, you're fucked. So I don't really see how he's going to help the product, but... What do I know? Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into the matches here. There's uh, a little some descriptions here, and I'll just, I'll just read through it here. Uh, Skip defeated Bob Holly when the moment, momentum of a flying body press by Holly put Skip on top. Fatu defeated King Kong Bundy with a body slam after Bundy missed a charge in the corner. Henry Godwin pinned Adam Bomb <laughs> at the 15-second mark. Oh, oh, no. With the slop drop. Now, you might be wondering, wow, Adam Bomb, 50 seconds. This would be the second time mm -hmm. in his career at the Garden getting pinned in a short matter of time. Because you'll recall at WrestleMania 10, he got squashed by Earthquake in about yeah. nine seconds. Yep. So, uh, poor Adam Bomb. Here's a shocker. You guys will probably love this one. Jacob and Eli Blue defeated Lex Luger and Davey Boy Smith. What the fuck? When, when Luger was pinned after Smith walked out on the match. Now, here's, some, here's the news that I'm kind of getting at. Prior to the bout, Smith took the microphone and told the fans not to chant USA because it offended him. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Yeah, so he was like, 
Uh, don't chant that. Uh, chant UK because he's, <laughs> he's not American. So Who's writing this bullshit, Wait, dude? But not even that. Why are you saying that on the microphone when your fucking partner has the U.S. flag on his tights? Right. Yeah. And you're well, literally. It, the it was when he was in the powers. ring. When he was in the ring, they would chant USA, not UK. So he'd be offended that they're not cheering for him. They're cheering for essentially Lex Luger. That's bullshit. That's so oh, stupid. It's so weak, and it makes Davy Boy look like a fucking idiot, dude. Yeah, I thought That's you guys would like that, especially so, with the the Blue Brothers, right? Fuck those getting a fucking Blue pin. Brothers. It fuck. is no wonder there is no mystery involved in Lex Luger not only leaving the company, but showing up on Nitro number one. If I was him, dude, I would have done the same fucking thing, yeah. and I would have probably gone a step further. And I would have held up my little American sh- fucking gear and threw it in a garbage can or something. I'd right. have been pissed. Because this dude, for the so- a solid two, two years, two and a half years, has been booked like trash. Has lost every big match. Has no credibility. Healer face, no credibility. Uh has really accomplished nothing of note and has looked like a fool on countless occasions. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't blame him one fucking bit for doing no. what he's me either. Yeah. I would have done it as well. Apparently he goes to WCW on a hundred grand uh, contract. I would have gone to WCW for the candy bar. A hundred, hundred grand. Oh, those are, <laughs> those are my favorite. I think so. Yeah. I would like, if I was Lex Luger, I'd be like, oh, shit, dude, Bishop, I didn't know you were talking about money. I thought <laughs> I was just getting a candy bar out of this. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on here, Savio Vega defeated Rad Rafford, who was a substitute for IRS with a spin wheel kick. WBF World Champion Diesel and the Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels defeated Men on a Mission when Diesel pinned Sir Mo with a boot to the face. Prior to In Your House number two, the match was set to be Diesel and Michaels against Sid and Jarrett. But then prior to that show, it was Sid and Tatanka. So they changed mm-hmm. this one a few times. Now, after the match, Davey Boy Smith and Razor Ramon made the save for the champions. Um, so I guess Davey Boy Smith is not heel. He just doesn't want to be. They want He wants UK chance. But he made the save for Diesel and Sean uh, after okay. the match. Maybe they were just testing that out, and they were like, okay, that actually was really fucking stupid, so. They for sure are, are testing out a heel turn. Which 100%. is fine. Like it's the way they, yeah, but it's the way they did it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The angle they're going with is like, uh, chant UK for me. I'm offended by USA. Imagine being at a wrestling show. UK, UK. <laughs> no, it just doesn't. It doesn't work. No. And not only that. Throughout history, other than prior to uh, fucking the Re- the American Revolution, the UK has been our allies. So we're talking 200 years worth of allies. Oh, yeah. And now we're mad? Like, come on, dude. That's so weak and such bullshit. Yeah. Come on. 
Uh, Razor Ramon defeated Psycho Sid by disqualification when Ted DiBiase interfered as Sid was set up for the Razor's Edge. <laughs> Hunter, Hunter Hearst Helmsley pinned 1-2-3 Kid with the Pentagree. Mm. Tatanka defeated Bam Bam Bigelow in an Indian strap match. And the main event saw Bret Hart pinning Jean-Pierre Lafitte by kicking off the turnbuckle while caught in a sleeper. So they basically did the WrestleMania 8 finish on a house show. With Bret Hart, every other match is that fucking ending. He's done that uh, his fair Dude, show. so many times. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to that show. You'd have to fly me out, get me a limo, <laughs> put me up in a four-star hotel, and serve me a $100 dinner to go there. I don't know if I thought it sounded that bad, but... It's not horrible. It's not Dude, great, but that was... On. Once again, I feel like this is another one of those... Uh, we've heard a lot worse. Yeah, but that yeah. can't be every single one. I think this show is missing one thing, and that's a casket match with The Undertaker. Ooh, yeah. Dallas doesn't even have a reaction to that. Okay, thanks, Dallas. <laughs> you know, soldier. Yeah, I'll. I would probably get a uh, maybe nosebleeds or something. Yeah, and then you'd come after the bell rang and stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it would be fifteen twenty minutes late. Anyway, <laughs> uh, fire on the mountain, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, Johnson City, Tennessee, Freedom Hall. This also took place on August twelfth, nineteen ninety five, and it featured a whole bunch of stipulation matches. So let's get into this one. Boo Bradley, who is Balls Mahoney, defeated Tommy Rich, and Bradley was blindfolded for the match. Robert Gibson defeated the Headbangers in a handicap match. If Gibson were to have lost, he would have to wear a dress. Oh. Uh, this is just a general statement. A battle royal went to a no contest. Cool. I don't know how that happens, but it did. Tommy Rich and the Punisher defeated Boo Bradley and Brian Armstrong in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Tracy Smothers and Dirty White Boy defeated Al Snow and Unibom in a Loser Leaves Town match. Brad Armstrong defeated Brian Lee. Ron Wright defeated the Dirty White Boy. Jim Cornette defeated Bob Armstrong in a first blood match. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Brad Armstrong defeated Smoky Mountain Wrestling Heavyweight Champion Buddy Landell in a Lumberjacks with Rackets match to win the title. And your main event would see Tracy Smothers and Dirty White Boy defeat Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Champions Tom Pritchard and Jimmy Del Rey by disqualification. <sighs> ah, fuck. I want to go to this one, but I don't know if I'm going to. Nah. I don't think I can. Yeah, no. there's just not enough finishes. Well, when Boo Bradley's in like three of your first four matches, right. uh, yeah. I'm probably not going to go. There's like a lot of repeats again. Yeah, yeah I don't think I'm going. Nah, no, no way. <laughs> Dallas is not a fan of Jim Cornette in the first blood match, apparently, with Bob Armstrong. Come on, that was probably good. Get the fuck out of here with Bob Armstrong. the best match. Well, real, okay, I'll give you that. Uh, let's go to USWA in Memphis, Tennessee, August 14th at the Mid-South Coliseum, and it drew 1,400 fans for a gate of $8,600. I was going to say, well, 13 fans were in attendance. This Pretty week. much. <laughs> uh, it has eight matches on the card. Axel Rotten defeated Gorgeous George III. Miss Texas defeated Uptown Karen. Stephen Dunn drew with Pat Tanaka. 
Brandon Baxter defeated Randy Hales in a lumberjack match. Bill Dundee, Frank Morrell, and Phil Hickerson defeated Tracy Smothers, Buddy Landell, and Robert Gibson in an elimination match. Doug Gilbert defeated Brian Lee in a first blood match. PG-13 defeated USWA Tag Champions, the Heavenly Bodies, by disqualification. And in the main event, Tommy Rich defeated USWA Champion Billy Jack Haynes by disqualification. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there, Bob. If you were to read the same USWA card, just in a different order every week, I wouldn't know the difference. I have have literally no fucking clue. Every time you read it, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what he read last week. (laughs) You you would Uh, go go months without us noticing. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. No. No. Uh, Needless to say, I'm not going to that show, but the second half sounded better as you kept going. I was like, okay, okay, but I'm not going. Yeah, but there's a lot of bullshit finishes again. Yeah, but you don't know that when you when you say you're going to go to a show. No, that's true. No, I know. And I would say the USWA show somehow is stronger than the Smoky Mountain one. Um, maybe on paper. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know that if I were to have gone to this USWA show, I'd be pissed that the final two matches both disqualification. Yeah, dude. Like that's bullshit. That should be a very seldom thing. Not. 100%. 100%. There was one time we, when I read this, the USWA shows that there was like, what, seven matches and like four or five of them ended in disqualification. I'm pretty oh. sure it was five and then two got legit finishes and that yeah. was it. And it was undercard matches, like stupid ones. Yes. Yes. That's, that's ridiculous. And they wonder how the town got killed. Give me a break. Right. So, yeah, needless to say, I, for me, I don't think I'm going to any of them. I If I, out of the three, I would go to the garden. Agreed. So, I'll give him that. Hmm. Syndication, there was two things here. On the August 12th edition of Superstars, Barry Horowitz was able to last 10 minutes in the ring with Skip. So, managing to go to a draw essentially gave Horowitz a win. <laughs> he didn't oh, actually pin okay. Skip, he just lasted 10 minutes in the ring. Okay. Uh, on, the same sh- on the same episode of Superstars, Hakushi defeated Aldo Montoya. So I forgot Aldo Montoya was even a thing. Didn't he have like one like showcase on Raw? And they're just like, fuck it, he sucks. We're not gonna Yes, mm-hmm. there was one showcase match. And then I yeah. want to say maybe he did, made another appearance somewhere. Um, but he hasn't that's been it. Yeah, he hasn't had much uh promotion on television. There's no, no. doubt about it. No. Uh, that leads us now, though, into the August 14th, 1995 edition of Monday Night Raw. The runtime is 46 minutes and three seconds. Uh, here's a rundown for what we'll see, at least a description, I should say, on the WWE Network. Jerry the King Lawler is forced to face the music as he goes one-on-one with Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels. <clears throat> Goldust makes his first appearance as he delivers his first message to the WWE universe. Because of course we have to make this a 2020 relatable WWE universe bullshit. Mm. Uh, WWF cameras pay another visit to the office of Dr. Isaac Yankum. Mm. Plus Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the smoking guns, and many more in action. So that is what we're getting uh, prepared for here. Oh boy. Can't wait. So I'm going to count down from five. If you guys want to watch along, head over to your 
WWE Network. Uh, I should probably give you guys time to avoid any kind of ad, which uh, I don't. Ha- I didn't have one today, so. Well, I got progressive. Did you? I, oh, I, I, I got the Undertaker again. Thirty no. years of the Dead Man. Oh yeah, that's weird. I didn't get one today. Uh, but yeah, hopefully it's been 15 seconds and you can watch along with us or just fucking listen to us be miserable and you guys won't let me watch Nitro. <laughs> Here we go. Five, four, three, two, one, play. Well, hey, while the intro's playing now, go ahead and go to our social media page, boys. Go ahead and see that SummerSlam poster. Because I'm afraid it's going to fuck up my stream if I... Switch one. Well, it already fucked up mine because I'm buffering. Come on, dude. Awesome. Well, they keep showing Shawn Michaels dancing here. They almost showed him show his his penis on Raw, but they didn't. Now you know what? I bet you now I get an ad. Garen fucking did. That's probably why it buffered. They're probably like, wait a minute. Yeah, here it is. Progressive. Uh, <laughs> they were probably like, wait a minute, we didn't give this guy an ad, so we have to fuck him up and buffer him. Okay, well, we'll give you a time check, Bob, once you're, uh, you're back in action here. We're just seeing a replay of Mabel slamming uh, Shawn Michaels, and tonight we get Shawn Michaels versus Jerry Lawler. How exciting. Can't wait. All right, so where are we at? Um, Hold on just a second. We are at uh, one minute right now. Minute one second, two seconds, three seconds, four seconds, five seconds. Let, let me know when you get to nine. Uh, now. Okay. <laughs> that was, you, you said that as my thing went away. I like our cover photo, Dallas. I think it's very funny. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's Diesel. It's Big D. Uh, speaking of Big D, we got uh, what looks like Jerry the King Waller doing a uh, backstage black room fucking promo to the camera. Great. Oh, what the fuck is that? Oh, Brian Knobs photo. <laughs> oh. Uh, that better be the only one that comes through. You gotta get the back half. Hold on. I already sent oh, you guys the asshole picture before. No, I ain't sending the asshole picture. Why does Brian Knobs look like every kid <laughs> we wrestled with ever? Well, we're live from uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. So this would be a live episode of Monday Night Raw. We're not. Uh, we're out of the taped scene. It looks packed in there. What the fuck? I have always liked this venue. Wait, why is Ted DiBiase with Vince McMahon? I gotta hear his ass all night. He's, he's done it a couple of times. Yeah, he's been on a couple of times commentary. Well, let me tell did, you something, uh, Vince. Did if Royal I'm Rumble not on 94. camera enough, well, tonight I'm going to be on commentary. So not only are you going to see me all night, you're going to hear me all night. And that is worth its weight in gold. <laughs> Fuck. God why damn it, Vince, man. Why does Vince always wear fucking priest collars? <laughs> Well, it looks like he's got, like, a bomber jacket underneath his blazer right now. Like, what the fuck? Oh, fuck yes. Oh, what? <laughs> Here comes yeah. Doink the Clown. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's not supposed to work here anymore. Yeah, well, he's here. You lied to me, Bob? Uh, I did not lie to you. This is a taped raw, so. This, this is, is live. From, this, this is, is from uh, three weeks ago. No, this is a live raw. <laughs> oh, shit, okay. Yeah. Well, 
It's pretty funny that Dink's not out there. <laughs> well, they had to cut costs. Well, why? Well, I think Doink actually might be Waylon Mercy. He's kind of walking like a robot. Dude, this is such bullshit. I thought we were done with this fucker. I'm no, actually like, know, pretty. What's kind of funny is like Doink would usually at least get like the sympathetic, like yeah, hey, it's Doink. No one cares that it's Doink. There's yeah, like three he... people clapping. Because he's like a bad patch of crabs. He just oh, keeps shit. coming back. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I bet you never seen these two in the same place, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's wearing Doink's shirt out to the ring. Yeah. Well, your life is in Waylon Mercy's hands. I can't bend my knees, but I can kill you. What's more 95 then Doink and Waylon Mercy opening raw, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Hey, at least he's like gonna beat the shit out of like not a just a job guy. Doink's pretty much a job well, guy. You know what I mean. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that, but you know what I mean. Yeah. If, well, if not fucking no name Matt Hardy. Matt Do Matt Hardy's that? probably a bigger name in ninety five than Doink is. That's probably. Yeah, oh, um, he, he's the guy who held the door at King of the Ring. That's right. That's right. I was in the crowd at Super Brawl 3. Remember me? Yeah. Do you guys Look know at... what uh, Waylon Mercy would become later famous for? What? what? Uh, the berries and cream commercial. For... <laughs> <laughs> berries and cream, berries and cream. Dude, that's the haircut, dude. Oh, yeah, Doink about... means action here tonight. Waylon Mercy has got to hold the ropes as he walks around the ring because his fucking knees are popping. They're going <laughs> to pop out of socket as he walks around. He's well, like, when, he, when he entered the ring, he pulled himself on the apron and he managed not to bend his knees, so all of the pressure went on his <laughs> lower back. Well, that's right why he's holding it. Look at, look at. Oh, probably just tore his ACL just dropping down like that. Oh, my God. Doink has got the upper hand right now on Waylon Mercy. If you aren't watching, turn this shit on. The August 14th, 1995 edition of Monday Night Raw. Doink the Clown has got the upper hand on yeah, Waylon so, Mercy. So, you know what? Everybody that's listening, and I'm talking to you, oh. Mick Price and Mike Campbell and all you other motherfuckers. You're telling me that in three weeks you would rather us watch Waylon Mercy against fucking, I don't know, Savio Vega instead of, here comes Eddie Carrero against Chris Benoit or... Here's Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio. You motherfuckers at, are going to make at, me watch this shit. Oh, he was holding the rope for Doink, and then he let go of the rope, and it hit Doink. Yeah, cool. I would rather watch, you know, a top rope or a Karana. I just love how Waylon Mercy does anything he can to not wrestle or do moves. Yeah. Look at him. He can't even sell a fucking punch at the corner. Waylon's selling right now in the corner. Waylon's uh, selling the corner now. It was basically him just squinting. Yeah. Oh, it decked him with a left hand. What is he, Johnny B. Bad? He needs to be a manager. Oh, there's a clothesline. Why you gotta be so mean? I'm gonna gonna squish this worm on my arm, and then I'm not gonna bend my knees. And then... I'm going to say I can kill you by slapping a rope on you. And then I'm going to put you in a headlock and do crazy eyes because that's the only thing I know how to do. He just put a short, like, instead of a short arm clothesline, he just did a short arm, short, short arm sleeper hold. Look at, look at, he doesn't know where the hard cam is, so he's just looking. He's just looking out to the crowd. Like, hey, you like this? I don't know where the hard cam is. He's like, where's the red dot? 
He's, like, he's looking for it. Oh, he, I found oh, it. There no, it is. Didn't. Wait a minute. Is that it? No. This is like, God damn it. This guy is, uh, he's a monster. He's looking Doink to bring him down. Pond, oh, he bent his knee. Fuck it. Popped. The crowd right now is chanting, kill the clown. I like that uh, Waylon Mercy bought his pants from High Spots because they're like the pro Lyrica shiny material. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And he's got his depends on underneath. Always. Wow. Okay. Well, Waylon wow. just won the match with a sleeper hold. Well, that's his finisher, Bob. He makes him die. He killed him. He's like, what? I didn't know what I did to him. He just did this. I'm going to shake his hand. This, Good job. this crowd seems to be really fired up. They're I rowdy think. as fuck. Yeah. yeah. 100%. There's like, actual movement in the crowd. When's yeah, the last well, time you've seen that? Well, forever ago. Not yeah. since, probably since the Manhattan Center. Probably. And That's for good... them to be chanting, kill the clown, is a bit extreme for 95 standards. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Here we go. Now, this is where Ted DiBiase would be like, oh, look at this hot broad. Oh, oh wait a minute. I like gold, but I don't like gold that much. Is this the first time we've seen this guy? Yes. I can't hear what he's saying. Let's see what he's saying about. Have you ever heard of a bunkhouse match? (laughs) Have you ever seen... It changed me. Have you ever seen a penis pushed inward to look like a vagina? Magical tone where you make quite the name for yourself. It feels different. Do you ever smell bales of hay when you were going 64 miles an hour down a road? <laughs> it changes a man. You want to see a wider bubble than Brian Nobbs? Just look at me. You know what else is as golden as hay? My hair. This is pretty drawn out here. Legend of Gold Dust. It's so, weird that everything's gold except his hands. I know. What is up with that? That's weird. They probably didn't think he was going to use his hands. He should have put like gloves on or something. How did they talk Dustin Rhodes into this bullshit, dude? Money. If you're hey. Dustin Rhodes and they're like, hey, you're going to do this gimmick. Are you being like, nah, I'm going to stay in WCW. He spent many summer days in acting 101. Look into the eyes. And the green screen's like going darker and lighter. So yeah, he's weird. clearly not in Hollywood. Gold dust. Oh, he's born a star. This, this is like such a weird promo. I think the he's touching visual his is really weird. This is just so drastically different than fucking Dustin Rhodes. Dude, like what? If you didn't know, you wouldn't know. Yeah. We're not in Kansas any longer. Oh, he wants to be the world champion, it sounds like. Yeah, oh fucking K. Not with those bangs, you bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He wants more gold around his waist. Somebody just died. Yeah, I don't know what that was. 
Okay. That was weird. What was Goldust talking about? Um, I think he was mostly talking about Brian Knobs' asshole and sending pics to New Jack, <laughs> but... Well, he want, he basically was uh, saying he was a star and that he's looking forward to adding more gold around his waist, and that was like the world title or whatever. Okay. Oh, Henry's here. Henry Godwin. Good thing. Vincent's like, God damn it. And he's got a slot bucket. He's like, he's like, come over here, Henry. God damn it. What's Ted's going like, on? What's? Ted's like, don't overreact. Wait, what? why is he pissed at Ted? I thought they were cool. I thought they were buddies. No, remember, something happened. Something happened. It was something small and stupid. I better remember something happening. He's like, yeah, let's go talk about it. I'll give you a couple hundos. Ted's like, come on, Danny McBride. <laughs> let's go. Oh, my God. That's good. Oh, oh Henry Sum, get on his knees. He's like, get on your his, your knees. I'm going to take out my pig dick, and I'm going to stick it in your mouth, God damn it. Dallas, you've yeah. been talking about a lot of weird shit. Is it the Gold Dust promo, or is there just something going on when we're not on Icopod? It's been a... My life has changed. <laughs> <laughs> um. Is it me or can like Henry Godwin fit right in with like Bunkhouse Buck and those fuckers? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. No, Austin. Oh, he, oh, he just gave him a slop drop. Who is Ew. that? He oh, just dropped slop on him. It's like fucking oatmeal. Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. Oh, why would you rub it in your face, Ted? The visual, baby. Ted knows money. That's true. Oh, all right, so that's a baby face okay. turn, I guess. The way he's looking up at Henry with that freeze frame was yeah. a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. I knew what he was doing. I said it. He was slopping his drop. Oh, look at that. That's funny. All right, well, Henry Godwin, I guess, is a babyface now. Again. I'm a blue-collar farmer. That's probably what they're going to be going for. Fuck off with that. What's he going to tag with, the garbage man? Yeah. yeah. Get out of here. He'll team up with uh, the dentist guy. Oh. Yeah, you know, because historically farmers have really good teeth. Oh, shit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, it's me, Doc-, Doc Hendricks. Here I am. I got no shirt on under my blazer. Ooh, I am uh, Miami Vice. I don't know, Vince. Let's go to the ring. Vince, who was a hot broad that we just saw there uh, that was dressed up all in gold? I mean, holy shit, man. I would just rail her real quick. Uh, Doc, that's uh, Dustin. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, D- Dustin Rhodes. Uh, that's all right, man. It's, uh, I'm a free bird, baby. I used to do some crazy shit in the 70s and 80s. If I fucked a man before, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, let's go to the ring. Uh, we got the smoking guns coming out, and the most homoerotic cowboy team has arrived here. Yeah, you know, we're really getting, we're really pushing that theme here tonight between Gold Dust, Ted getting on his knees, and uh, smoking guns. Yeah. Ted took a face full of Holy slop like nobody what else. What the fuck is this? Wait, is that Sean Waltman over there? No, that's is that, Renegade. Is that a before <laughs> and after for Weight Watchers? <laughs> <laughs> I've oh, never seen that before. Shit. This is me uh, 150 pounds ago. And now it's also me here. How did these assholes get stuck with the fucking job team of the century here? It's, uh, it's Techno Team 2000. Hey, I like them. No, when we do the, the when we talk about what was the best in '95, guess what my favorite tag name is. Good. 
Bastard. Not Techno Team 2000. Techno Team 2000. Is this Renegade and Fat Renegade? Yeah, I don't know what. It, this is so funny. If you're not watching with us, the guy in the ring right now is about uh, probably a good 280. More than that. Yeah, come on, dude. I'm 320. All right, 320. Okay. And then his tag team partner is basically him if he if he lost 180 pounds. Oh, oh, oh Bart oh, him up on a hip God. <laughs> Fucking fat Jack Black just sandbagged the fuck out of that oh, arm drag. No. He didn't even he didn't even do it. He couldn't Jesus take it. Christ, that was what bad. is this gear? Is he engine? Yeah, so the other one must say something else. So there must oh, be if his name is Engine, he's running on empty on that fucking hip toss. He did not have enough to get up on that. Oh, my God. I not need to mention, know- this dude's, like, shorter than Kevin Sullivan. What was that? He just did, like, a weird backflip to get out of a... To avoid a kick or something? Jesus oh, Christ. This is embarrassing. Here's, here's uh, Marty oh. Gennetti. He just... He just <laughs> What is going on? He jiggled his butt caboose. with his hand. Caboose. Dude. That's his. That's on his gears. Caboose. Caboose. He just engine. used his hands to fucking wiggle his butt cheeks. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, Billy, come get some caboose juice." Maybe he didn't know that. Maybe he knew that he was the ass man before we all knew it. Right. Well, there's a sidewinder. Yeah, he's be dead. Oh. <laughs> Fuck was that? Bart drop kicks the other fat guy right in his face. That was the most bizarre fucking enhancement team I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Billy's like, yeah, that fucking sucked, didn't it? What a bunch of shit. At least they're getting a win here, though. Yeah, over Caboose in Engine. Caboose Juice. That was a fucking trash bag. Well, this has been an entertaining episode so far. We are a mere uh, 17 minutes and 15 seconds in. I think I'm behind you guys a little bit. I paused so you could catch up, and I think you went behind, like ahead of me. Well, you shouldn't have paused it. Why so. you... uh, here we go here. Dean Douglas, we're back with him. <clears throat> oh, it's me, Dean Douglas. I put him over on Twitter recently saying he should have broke everybody's neck backstage who booked him in this, and then Mikey Whipwreck followed me. <laughs> so... <laughs> No, dude, I saw your post. You were like, uh, hey, Shane, you sucked at this. Why did you do it, essentially, is what you said. It was it was backhanded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. 100%. It was. And Mikey Execution. Whiprock liked it. Yeah, apparently. Execution is the, is the word here. The act or mode or result of one's performance. Oh, this guy is so annoying. Shane Douglas is a good-looking man, though. Is he? Yeah, he's got the movie star looks. Come on. Okay. Mm. I don't know. He looks like a guy that would be like a, a front-end manager for Target. Yeah. What? Yeah, he does. No. Gym teacher, at least. No. I could see gym teacher as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, right here, he's like, Mr. Bart went over here, and these glasses, they can all... Kiss. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Steamboat. <laughs> That's great, man. Come on. So he's using a match between Brett and Jimmy Del Rey for his. Uh... Look, he doesn't know what buttons to press. He had no idea. Do this shit. 
Mr. Hart is a lay on this man. Is he a homosexual? Well, he's executing him, that's for sure. (laughs) He's like, well, you know, he did always blame Sean for being a homosexual, but you know what they say? He who smelt it dealt it, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) See these knees? He didn't hook the knees. The excellence of execution didn't hook the knees, and that's why Jimmy Dobre kicked out. God damn it, I'm going to press three more buttons. Look, I'm going to pause on Tim White. <laughs> hey, Tim White, go shoot yourself, you motherfucker. <laughs> this is such bullshit, dude. Mr. Hart? Just debut the son of a bitch already. I'm sick of everybody having vignettes for like 20 weeks in a row. My favorite one was when Jeff Jarrett did one for uh, 13 weeks. It was literally 13 weeks. It was great. Like what? His vignettes were longer than his actual career. Yeah, we're already sick of him. He's giving Brett a grade. What is it? Uh, A B. Oh, F. Damn it. Why is the second line so short? Because that's how Fs are, Bob. Mine's always even. Well, you don't do them right. Oh, that's rude. Uh, I like his little sign up there. Aviskalskalavamiki tbdko. Oh, an exclamation point. And look, he's circling it. Till next week, you can all kiss <laughs> my ass. This is so stupid, dude. The Come report on. card. I like the fake, the fake noise. Of like the nails, which really just sounds like you're ripping like a piece of plastic in half. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to go back and watch some of these, like and actually hear the audio and shit and just see how stupid it is. Clearly uh Vincent Mann was triggered in school when a teacher you would should, do that. You should turn the audio on. No. It's not no. bad. It's not bad. I feel like I'd catch myself listening more than I was talking. Well, sometimes you need to. You need that context. Yeah. Speaking of context, we got Sean backstage in a uh, locker room. He's got the IC strap around his waist. Oh, he's got the same attire on as he had at King of the Ring 1995. Yeah, he hasn't changed. He's just been partying for fucking days on end. I would like that vest. Yeah. Not the hat. Well, if you want an action figure of this pretty pretty much the same exact attire, you can go and vote on it on WWE.com. For the uh, fan takeover action figure of Shawn Michaels. Yeah, no, don't do that. That's real. I voted this morning. Did you vote for that one? Yeah, the I wanted I want the King of the Ring '95 one because uh, we we did that episode, so I thought it'd be funny. If Alpha. Oh. oh, great! Next week it's the Undertaker against Tatanka. <sighs> Can Tatanka? Cash in the entertainer. I get to talk next week on Monday Night Raw. Oh, here comes Hunter Hersomsley. Who is he taking on? That'll be the uh, first Undertaker match we've seen in a long time on Raw. Hey, look, was that so, could yeah. that have been Triple H's? Oh my god, oh, I think it was. Yeah, and the, on the Tron, there was three H's. Yeah, it was. Yeah, oh, fuck yeah, Jeff Hardy. On Jeff Hardy, okay. This should be a good 12 to 15 minute match. Get the fuck out of here. 
Whisper in the wind, baby. I'm just thinking about yeah. I, well, we may and Moolah are ringside. Um, <laughs> so we, I, you know, just thinking like five years, this is going to be uh, for the uh, intercontinental title. <laughs> yeah, Austin's laughing because if you think we're doing this in five years, um, you're delusional. No, we said we were until the end of Nitro, or yeah, end of Nitro. I don't know, man. <laughs> I might not even make it till next week. Well. I'm really bitter about this whole, you know, we don't want you guys watching Nitro, stick to Raw bullshit. So, I'm still very surprised that that I'm was triggered. Funny. Well, what do you what do you guys think about Hunter Helmsley taking on this young buck in the ring here? Um, he does. He is wearing young buck like thank, a tire. Thank that's you. For sure. Well, I mean, they they got their inspiration from someone, but yeah. Oh. You think I'm gonna push you in twenty years? You're fucking wrong. <laughs> and um, you're wrong again. Yeah. Instead, we're going to make you look like you were drunk and crashed a car in 2020, even though you've That's been sober. Right. I, uh, I don't really particularly like Triple H. He's never been super interesting to me. Really? Um, but everything he does in the ring looks like it fucking hurts really uh, bad. Okay, well, fucking that was whisper in the wind. Whisper in the wind. Holy crap! <laughs> that okay. was that. He missed it, but he did yeah, it. Yeah, he did miss it. That was funny. I I like Triple H. I mean, it gets to. I would probably say, uh, starting two thousand three, he gets kind of annoying. But it's I like just the like same 2000. old thing. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. I'll give you that. I think I think I have my ups and downs with him. To be honest, I think. I think there's times I really like him, but then there's, like Bob said, pretty much after then, it's kind of like when he's got the title every month, it's like, okay. Well, I know. Yeah, forward, I agree. I'm looking forward to when he does his promos where after every word he does a. Let's <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> well, rock. Uh, the game. Uh, Triple H. Uh, Undertaker. This your ass, uh, the backlash. Uh, oh, is this it? The pedigree. And I'm going to bury a kid before you even get your foot in the business. Here we go. One, two, three. See, that was an impressive-ass little match. Triple H looked like he beat the shit out of him. Yeah, it was good. Well, and they made it seem like, at least to me, that that little Jeff Hardy could have done something. Right. But, like, in this particular match, he couldn't because Triple H was so good. So, right. like, he, he, you know, they didn't make him just literally get beat up and have no... Like attempts at offense, I think that's I think that's kind of fun to see. Yeah, which is really the sign of any good, effective squash match. You know. Oh boy, here we go, Todd. The biggest attitude in Connecticut. I don't know if that's true. Vince still lives there. That's true. I think I've seen the Stridex logo more than wrestlers tonight. Live Sunday, August 27th, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. We're going to see Big Cool Daddy Diesel defend the WF World Championship against King fucking Mabel. If we don't see a jackknife powerbomb on Mabel, we're not watching anymore. I bet he tries. There's no fucking way. If I was fantasy booking, I'd book it. Yeah, well, (laughs) there's a lot of things that you would have done. Well, I book a lot of realistic shit. Yeah, um, dude. Right. Dallas books a lot all the time. Ladder match, Intercontinental Championship, Shawn Michaels 
defending against Razor Ramon because, as Gorilla Monsoon basically told us, Sean and Sid would fucking suck. So we're going to be like, hey, fans, these guys have had no real interaction for over a year. But here we are. Well, yeah, he could actually. Was the match with Lawler for the title? It could be Jerry Lawler versus. Go go fuck yourself on that one. Bret Hart. (laughs) Bret Hart taking on the dentist, Isaac Yankum. DDS. Look at that picture. It looks like somebody's weird aunt who looks kind of like a guy. Yeah. But it's like the aunt. The feud here, and if you guys are uh, are wondering, is Isaac Income is pissed because in Canada they have free health care, so essentially dentists really don't make any money off of that. So he's uh, really pissed off about that. Women's champion Alundra Blaze defending against Bertha Faye. Dude, come on, dude. Because we only, we only have two women. Look at four months ago. What the fuck? The last time that these guys, these women did anything on television was the night after WrestleMania 11. That shit think, sucks. Well, it's, we've had four months to build. I'm ready for the blow-off. Gorilla Monsoon put that match on the card for the fans? Okay. Undertaker against Kama. No. Yeah, man. No. What up, plus? More news. From the office of Gorilla Monsoon. Add it to the card. Yeah, Barry Horowitz, my social studies teacher, taking on my gym teacher, Skip. On pay-per-view? Yeah, man. Holy shit. Now here's Talk the question about superstars. Grape in the bottom of the Sonny's fucking like, no, barrel. Skip does not have shrinkage, I swear. Barry Horowitz lasted 10 minutes. Oh my god. Look at that picture of Chris Candido. What a fucking idiot. One, two, oh, three, shit, shit yeah, to this. Fushi. That should be good. Hell yeah. They better get 20 minutes. Yeah, okay. We're well, lucky if they get five. Fuck, dude. That fuck you out of that match. Yeah, but why do we continue this trend of like, here's a match? We don't have a reason for it, but here it is. Well, he keeps on saying that all these matches are made by Gorilla Monsoon because it's for the fans. If they really cared about the fans, they put out stuff that actually had a storyline and we cared about it. They haven't done that since we've started watching. For the most part. See what you started, Vinny Mac? I'm Doc Hendricks. I'm I'm just look at my chest hair. Look at this chain. Here comes a pig farmer. God damn it. Here comes the biggest baby face in WWF history, Henry Godwin. Why is he coming out again? Because he's probably wrestling. Why didn't he just wrestle fucking earlier? So we so we he is wrestling. Oh, there's so his he turned he turned face about twenty-five minutes ago. Oh my god. L T and Bam Bam. Who's this? A rematch? No. What a... That was it? Why did we just get that random little graphic? Something about WrestleMania being on TV or something they made it sound like? Uh-oh. That was weird. Have they been playing Henry Godwin's music the entire commercial break <laughs> there? So we. It's like 2CW when they would play Living on the Edge for about four and a half hours before oh the show God. would start. I want to blow my brains out. Rush <laughs> Greenberg. Oh, God. We've seen this guy before. What? We're another commercial. another commercial break. Cool. Henry Godwin beating on a miniature Scott Steiner right now. Uh-huh. Oh, misses a clothesline. Greenberg going for a crossbody, fall away, slam off the middle rope. No, 
<laughs> it's a 33 and one third percent of Scott Steiner in the ring there. Yeah. Um, okay. Chug him over the bottom rope now. A Jerry Lynn leg drop? Yeah. Sort of. It <sighs> Counts. You're right. That was such a better version of the Jerry Lynn leg drop. Yeah. Jerry Lynn's funny as shit on Twitter. He's awesome. Jerry Lynn's amazing. Have you if guys you want to listen more about TNA Jerry Lynn. fucking show yet? What happened? Have you asked him to do your show yet? No. No. Jerry Lynn's a very intimidating man. You're fired, both of you. Well, if you want to listen more about Jerry Lynn, go listen to our TNA Cross Line podcast that Austin does not listen to. No. Uh, you have enough listeners. Uh, it's it's surpassing Icopod, and I'm not okay with that because this is the it's, show I'm on. So I don't think I don't know if that's true or not. Hey, I don't I don't know if that's accurate, but needless to say. Oh my god. Oh, Russ. He went back and they were like, he's like, can you make me more oatmeal and put like some worms and an apple in it? Interestingly enough, though, that wasn't the first time that something had exploded on his face. That's how he got the job on Raw tonight. Right. With the Pat Patterson. Look, there's literally like a, a tomato in there. That's gross. See what you started to be assy? Now he's just slopping everyone. Wait, did he even win? Yeah, he won with a slop drop. Oh. There's Isaac Yankum murdering a woman with a drill. Look at how hard he's pushing on her head. Yeah. It hurts. He didn't even take the protective thing off before he started squirting it. They just cut away from it. It was too, we couldn't watch it anymore. Are you, what the fuck? What if all of a sudden... Yankum went in the camera and was like, suck it. I'm going to say this in about four years. Suck it. Oh, my God. It's like the robotic voice. (laughs) (laughs) This is such bullshit, dude. I was going to say, I forgot that it was Lawler and Shawn Michaels tonight. Wait a minute. So if I'm a fan, how would that how would that explain right that Jerry Lawler was just in the dentist's office? Now he's wrestling. Right. Earlier today. I hope they said that. Lawler's hair looks like it's connected to the crown. <laughs> it's like when you buy a Hulk Hogan wig as like a costume and it's connected to the bandana. Yeah, exactly. Lawler's hair looks like the fake wig that Meng wears on WCW. Yeah. <laughs> but like his is real. Right. Hey, I'm back here with us. This jabroni. They're playing a, a game. What the fuck? Oh my god! Oh, they're playing pogs. This is stupid. Oh, an unpunched sheet of madcaps. Those were big. That was a big thing back then. Yeah. I remember people would come to school with like binders full of these little fucking things. Yeah. Oh, oh, look at it. What else do we got? Well, we got this magazine with Shawn Michaels on the cover. But how that? And before everybody calls in, no, this is not the one where he's naked in. We do have to make that announcement. He is not <laughs> nude in this magazine. <clears throat> how the fuck do you play this? You stack them and then you, like, hit them? 
Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. So you stack them up, and then you throw other ones on top, and then they fall off. They don't win. know. They don't know. Yeah, that was weird. Jerry Lawler. Of course, like... they picked the youngest looking guy on the roster to right. play fucking that shit. Oh, yeah. Right. Lawler's like, yeah, my third wife really likes my hair poofy like this here, so. My third wife. I think she's 18. Oh. Yeah, she... she should be in high school by now. <laughs> was he using Stridex? <laughs> of course he is. Oh, hey, uh, that wasn't a period pad. Let's just put that back, Vince. They're uh, closing up. Oh, shit. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Doc Hendricks just went nuts when Shawn Michaels' music played. I got the looks that drive the girls wild. I got the moves. So it's yeah, face versus face at SummerSlam. Sean versus Razor. That's correct. That's weird. Razor's going to be the one getting booed. Rain weighing 27 pounds. <laughs> Sean I would imagine Razor at this point would play the heel role. Yeah. If it were to happen, yeah. Where's the pyro? Oh, yeah. Why are you putting Jerry Lawler in this spot? Are you fucking kidding me? You gotta have someone cheer Sean, have them so they can cheer Sean any more than they possibly do now. Come on. I'm, 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 not, I'm just a sexy boy. Sexy boy. Yeah, I love watching the guy just slowly strip off his clothes and move his hips in a sexual manner. Cool. So does Bret Hart really likes that too? He talks about it a lot. Goldust would love it. Bret's like, yeah, and then Sean would bring little kids in the ring. And make them strip all their clothes off. And then Jerry Lawler would have a raging boner at the fucking announcer's table. Jesus Christ. Degenerate. What was that? Sean, will you break your what? Royal something. Cherry. Oh. What a... What a... Interesting uh, mixture of styles. You have Jerry Lawler who likes to stall for about 35 minutes. And then Shawn Michaels like, I want to wrestle balls to the wall for 35 minutes. Yeah. And don't forget, Shawn was shining shoes while Jerry Lawler was AWA champion. So. Yeah. There's got to be some ego clashing in this one. <laughs> Most likely. Oh, Sean tripping Lawler after uh, sliding through his legs to the floor. Sean's leaving. He's like, I'm done. I, di- I did what I needed. And I wonder if Sean is bitter about being paid uh, popcorn when he wrestled in Memphis. Most likely. While Jay Lawler lived in a double wide. I've heard the stories about like Jerry Jarrett's mansion. Dude, I was just going to bring it up. If he paid, we're like, here's a $4 and a peanut butter sandwich. Not even jelly, just peanut butter. Yeah. Uh, If you want to stop by my house, it's a fucking mansion. Yes. I was just going to bring that up. How like checks would bounce for paychecks and this dude would be living high on the fucking hog. Yeah. It's amazing. 
Sean uh, is just making him look like an idiot. I was just going to say, we've kind of embarrassed Jerry Lawler as much as we possibly could to open yeah. this one up. You know, this is, in, I'm kind of amazed that Lawler would, there goes my pop filter. I'm kind of amazed that uh, Lawler would do this type of shit when he still wrestles with the USWA. Because if, if I'm a main US, guy. Yeah, if I'm a USWA fan, I'm watching this, I'm like, why am I cheering for Lawler at the Coliseum? And he's getting made out to look like a punk. Right. By Shawn Michaels. Like, it, it doesn't really do him much favors. I don't know. I don't know if Lawler or really the fans even care. I don't know. He probably didn't, as long as he was getting paid. Right. Exactly. Backdrop by Michaels. This is going to turn into a fucking squash match. I mean, it technically oh. should. The guy's Wait. a commentator. Well, yeah, you're right. Well, they're going for a power driver. Oh. Oh. What the fuck? Sean, Sean did a handstand? blocked it by doing like a handstand. Uh, Psycho sits at ringside. Throwing shit. Well, he's taking the IC belt. He's already jobbing himself out to the IC level. That's the closest he'll get to it. Because he yeah. don't get no match at SummerSlam. Right. You know, Lawler's sending Michaels into the corner, and he does the flare flip, and he crashes to the floor. And now Sid's like, I'm angry. I missed out on softball for this fucking show. Oh, my. Oh, my. Go to commercial. So what is he doing? Is he just hanging out at ringside? Yeah, he's just holding the belt yelling at a camera that's not even on him right now. Well, the way they showed it, it looked like Sid was going to try and snap the belt in half, but he didn't. It really did, yeah. Waller with a vertical suplex. He's like, I'm pretty, I'm I'm solid. I would have thought that uh, Yankum would be out here for Lawler, not Sid. Something. Something. We have no proof that Yankum's even a real guy. Like, he just, we haven't even seen him in person. Right. Well, they're keeping basic control here with some fist drops. The classic Jerry Lawler. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a big uh, Jerry Lawler fan, personally. I like him when he's not in the WWF. He's going to go for a DDT, it looks like. And got it. That should be it. One, two, three. Oh, it's non-title. So even if Lawler were to win, he wouldn't be in the ladder match. So that's <laughs> damn. What a what a bummer. Yeah. Well, Dallas put it in my brain, and I was like, "That's a great idea." And now they're just like, "Nah, we're just kidding." I think it could happen if Sean loses the Lawler here, dude. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> that would be so bad. We're about forty-two minutes in, so we got we're just shy of four minutes left here, boys. Scooping a slam, Waller going to the top. I wonder if he'll do another fist drop. There's no way. No, no he doesn't. I'm going to say a 450. Oh, you were wrong. Oh. He went for a splash. For a Sean splash. Moved. And then proceeded to get up immediately. Yeah, he doesn't know sold it. Sean with a kip up, and Waller's like, What the fuck? How did you do that? I've only seen you do that for the last six years. Sean firing away with right hands in the corner, sending Waller into the corner. Flying forearm like he's Tito Santana. Arriba! 
I'm going to stop on your face, you fat buck. Okay, now we're going to pick him up again. Scoop and another slam. Oh, I don't care what anybody says, dude. As cocky and as dicky as Shawn Michaels was in the 90s, he had every right to be. He's keeping me invested in a Jerry Lawler main event on Raw. I, I would say he's the best entertainer by far. I agree. 100%. Super kick. And Lawler rolls to the floor. Sid tries to hit him with the belt, but Sean ducks it. Sid running like he's Waylon Mercy, and then he just kicked oh, him on the what? forehead. Uh, he kicked him like on the top of the head. Yeah, it was of, weird. Yeah. Are we going to see the ruler of the world powerbomb our champ? Are we going to see a triple threat ladder match at SummerSlam? I'd be you, down for that. You would think with all these kicks, he'd play kickball, not softball, but... Yeah, yeah that's true. Chokeslam. One-handed chokeslam. Take that, Isaac Yankum. Yank on these nuts. Here comes Razor Ramon. Yeah, dude, I'm uh, I'm getting the title match. Discus, or yeah, discus uh, right hand, which I don't know how that really adds any momentum, but okay. Well, that, like, good thing that Sean's opponent for SummerSlam is helping save him right now. Yeah. And good thing he's cosplaying as a fucking banana. Uh, what was that? Okay, so Sean was going to go for a super kick, and then Razor was oh. like, nah, bro, let me lift up this fucking 320-pound guy. <laughs> oh, I can't believe he just lifted him like that. Lawler just Lawler got in there and them. pulled him out. Yeah. I'm sorry, but honestly, if you wanted to, if you wanted to super kick him, I'd be like, sure, man, I'm not lifting him over my head. Right. Like that. Well, you're risking injury. Yeah. Kicking a guy on the jaw is easier than having to pick him up over my head. He did get him up pretty easily, though. Here's your here's your interaction for SummerSlam. Wait, yeah, I want that. Here's belt. the drama. No man, it's mine. No, well, no, no, Razor, oh. it's literally mine. I, I I'm the champion. And then Razor overpowered him, and he has it. They hey, dude, Chico. I had it for a while, Chico. It's gonna be up in the air, Chico. This is the only the belt I can win, man. Oh, he dropped it on the ground. What in the hell? <laughs> Here comes Diesel. What the fuck? Guys, guys, question? stop it. You guys are better workers than me. You guys should be the world champion. No, stop it, guys. Relax. It's okay. Easy, easy. But we're back from commercial, but we're all we'll continue and Diesel's randomly in the ring. Where's Bam Bam Bigelow? He should have come out. Diesel's like, Sean, Sean, calm down. Hey, Scott, you want to go to WCW? Sean, come on. <laughs> uh, NWO money. Uh, Sean, come on. Uh. <laughs> This is that was stupid. Yeah, it was. That that's how they really set up the ladder match. It's like, no, I'm I'm a former champion, but I'm the champion now. All right, well, I'm gonna grab the title. Yeah, that was that was kind of. <laughs> All weird. right, well, we're gonna put it up in the air now. We're gonna fight. Okay. See you then. I dare you to punch me in the face. Come on, hit me! And like, <laughs> you... Ray's like I'm gonna hit you. And Sean's like, hit me! And Ray's like, I'm gonna hit you. And then it just goes off the air. I'll Ray's do like, it. That- that's literally what they did. That's bullshit. Oh, I'm going to hit you, dude. I dare you. Oh, you you wait, man. You're lucky I'm a nice guy. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that was... um. I, I was know, entertained. 
Yeah, I didn't, it was. Definitely... I didn't think it was a bad episode until the. No. This is a stupid ending. I mean, it wasn't bad though. Listen, when you start out with Doink and Waylon Mercy, and I end up being like, "That wasn't terrible." You did something right. Right. Yeah. Because that episode had every excuse to be an absolute dumpster fire, and it actually didn't turn out that way. Yeah. No, so. I agree with that. I think, well, to just really quick wrap it, wrap it up on my thoughts. I think the crowd plays a huge factor into it because what a difference in presentation when the crowd is actually invested, whether or not I could hear them or not, I could see them invested and dude, that just enhances everything. It makes me want to be invested. If they're this excited and participating, I want to, it makes me want to watch more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. So yeah, that. that was a big takeaway for me for this episode. Yeah, I think when you have a crowd that's so rambunctious and really caring about the product. Right. Uh it just makes the viewers the viewing of it so much better. I think that's a lot like with ECW. That's why it makes ECW better than what it probably was. One hundred percent. The ECW crowd is literally a third man in every match. Yeah. 100%. Without the ECW, if it was just, if you take like a raw crowd from 10 out of 11 raws that we watch and put it in ECW, ECW would be fucking bullshit. Right. So I completely agree with that. Yeah. If you were, if you were to put an ECW show in like Dayton, Ohio, WWF crowd, They'd be like, what is going on? Dude, it would be so bad. Yeah, it'd be, be like, this, so bad. This Sandman guy, like, sucks. <laughs> like, what is going on? Yeah. Meanwhile, ECW, like, yeah, fuck this guy. Hit him with a beer can. All right. Yeah. And as killer. a fan watching, you're like, oh, fuck yeah to the Sandman. When you right. be like, dude, this guy fucking this sucks. This guy blows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember back, you know, when it, you know, peak ECW or whatever, he would do his, uh, the fr- his Frankensteiner off the top rope, I'd be like, yo, my God, that was so cool. And then, then you go see Scott Steiner do it, and you're like, oh, well, that guy isn't that great. <laughs> yeah. Know, like, it's what? like a friendly it's a friendly reminder, like, oh, right, yeah. Sandman, yeah. Sandman sucks. I don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah. Gotcha. Crazy what? thinking there for a minute. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so next week's episode is the August 21st Raw, uh, and that would that will be the final Raw before SummerSlam, which would be taking place on August 27th. And then Raw is uh, preempted for two weeks in a row. There's no Raw on the 28th or September 4th, but of course, September 4th is the debut of WCW Nitro, the show that I love and long for, but the listeners of IcoPod fucking hate me so <laughs> we'll just watch the first uh we'll be watching nitro live watching it or whatever you want to call it and then every week after that uh we'll just discuss it like the happy like a general happening it's kind of like the syndication notes but it'll be just right more, obviously more it'll be longer because there's more than one match that uh is of a substance if there's any kind of angle developments and stuff like that right. uh we'll, we'll check it out from there as well uh, Dallas, I, what did you, where were you at for that, uh, for that episode? 
you I, like I mean, I, yeah, I thought in general, I think it was like Austin said, the crowd helped. So I think in general, I think it was a better episode than a lot we've watched recently. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I thought that was a in in the case of what we've watched, that was a good episode. Yeah. Which is a rarity, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, where are you guys at for the Henry Godwin face turn? Are we sold on it or do we hate it? I literally couldn't give two fucks about Henry Godwin. So I don't know. I, I think it was stupid to try to put him with Ted anyways. Like that was just like a stupid like two week yeah. thing they did anyway. The so loose like, association didn't make any sense. And it was just like, for why did they do that? It lasted very, very little um, time. So now we're, now we're past it and okay. Now we're going to pretend that didn't happen. Although, like I said earlier on, I think it's just continuing the dis- uh, dissolve of the million dollar corporation because it almost even seems like Sid might have a loose association with Jerry Lawler potentially now. Right. I mean, who knows? For me, as far as Godwin goes, I think there's just guys, and I think this is a rule that can be applied to maybe 85% of every wrestler ever. There's just certain guys who were made. Can they do face? Sure. But they were made to be a heel. Mm. I think Henry Godwin's one of those guys. I think Adam Baum is one of those guys. So just as a few examples, I give them credit for trying things. And again, on the opposite side of the coin, you could say the same for Tatanka. Realistically... He is a face, always. Um, I just feel like they go with the obvious sometimes, but then shoot themselves in the foot when they could go with the obvious and then don't. They're like playing off the wrong things, mm-hmm. I think. Um, do, am I glad he's not going to be associated with Ted DiBiase? Absolutely. But do I think for any reason Henry Godwin... Should be a face? No. I think it's going to weaken him substantially. Um, so I don't know if I, I support that. And to be honest with you, I don't think I do. But All right. And then where are we at with Goldust? I'll tell you the what. First, I think... The first actual appearance of Goldust was tonight as well. Well, I think that they they know how to create that intrigue. But of course, what's going to happen when he gets into the ring? So yeah, like I mean, how is he gonna work the gimmick? Well, because I'm interested just because it's like, what the fuck was that? Like, what did I just watch? And like, so now I want to see more. But, yeah. but at the same time, yeah, how is he gonna do it? What's he gonna do? To me, taking as much bias out of it as I can. The visual, because again, I wasn't listening. But the visual to me comes off cheap and hokey. There's something I don't like that feels second rate about the character. Just from a visual standpoint, that's nothing against Dustin Rhodes or his wrestling or whatever. It just feels a little too... It's hokey. Well, I it's, think... It's quang. Like it's, it's hokey shit. Yeah, but that's... It's just part of what we're watching. Yeah, but I don't know. There's something about the look of gold dust that comes off bad. It's the cheap, like, fucking pleather gold jacket. That's what really was. And the wig is bad. The paint is basic. It's like a gold face. 
Well, yeah, I think, well, we're going to see that evolve. So, I mean, I think, yeah. I, I bet you it changes by the next promo. I bet you it's not even the same thing. First, first, I guess, impression, it comes off cheap to me. If I'm a casual viewer and have no idea who this is and it's a brand new guy, I'm laughing at that. Well, you know, my first, uh, or the, my main takeaway, I should say, is his hands. Yeah. It's just, there's something that's not polished about the whole look. It's not yeah. a knock on the character or there's just, I don't know. It looks cheap. Like, okay. So you bought a suit jacket, you spray painted it gold. You painted your face with a flat basic gold. And then there's a fake wig. Like, what even is this Halloween shit? Come on. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I say his hands, in case anybody's wondering, it, it was weird that his hands were not painted, not, not painted or, or covered up. You know, it, it was just kind of a weird like, well, dynamic for it. And I guess to go the cheapness of it, the background flickering in and out, like, come on. Like, this yeah. is bullshit. I don't know. I didn't like the first viewing <clears throat> of Gold Dust. To be honest. I mean, I, I like the character. I think there's so. potential there. Because he's unlike anything yeah. else on programming right now. Which is refreshing. Right. But. To me, like, this is how I view it right now. When we first saw Doink. It's fucking bullshit. He's a clown, right? It's bullshit. Mm -hmm. But there's potential there for him to do some really cool, interesting shit. Right now, that's kind of how I'm seeing Goldust. It's fucking bullshit, cheap garbage, right? But there might be some potential to do something with it. But since I'm tainted and biased, because I've seen how Doink turns out, as much as I'm trying not to put that same mask on Goldust, I can't really help but to kind of see it that way. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's how I'm viewing it. I'm trying not to, but... That's what's coming across to me is like just hokey bullshit stuff. <clears throat> well, I think what like what Dallas was saying, I th I'm pretty sure, and we'll see it over the next several weeks and months. But the Goldust character really evolves, and his look becomes a lot better. Because I, I agree with you with like the hokiness of it. Like the know, fake wig maybe doesn't work really well. It just seems to, the best word to describe it is cheap. Yeah, that's the best word to describe. I, but I'm willing to stick it out and see, although I shouldn't, because how many times have I had my hand slapped for that one? Uh, numerous. Right. But yeah, I'm not going to write it off. I think it's interesting. And again, I like it for the fact that it's not like anything else on raw programming. There's nobody doing that. Right. Not even close. It's not a karate guy. <laughs> Everybody's a fucking karate guy right now. Everybody's <laughs> a king. You know, it's just, it's, it's different, which is nice. You guys are aware as to why he's gold, right? What's this, isn't it just like the Hollywood stuff, right? No. No? Then I guess do, I'd never know. Do you know why he's dressed up in gold, Austin? I don't. So, I think even, it takes Dave Meltzer a long time to realize this as well. And it took me a while, too. But he is dressed up in gold, to be similar to the Emmy, so like statue award. Oh, that was my next guess. I almost said that. Um, yeah. 
so that is kind of the idea. So that's why he's all dressed in gold because he's like or like an, an Oscar. You're you're talking about like the statue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would. That was actually mine. I was almost gonna say that, but yeah. Huh. I don't know so, if I knew that before. I I didn't know that, but I remember uh, reading like in the Observer or whatever. Meltzer was like, "I'm embarrassed to say that." I think it's like almost a year in, six months or a year in, and Dave Meltzer's like, "I just realized that Goldust is basically." Dressed up like an Oscar Emmy or whatatever. Oh yeah, he's, he's like, like I'm not. Yeah, he's like I'm surprised it took me that long to realize. See, that makes me like it a little bit more though. Yeah, well, it may it makes more sense, right? Instead yeah. of just fucking bullshit, <laughs> get up. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. I think I think no I think knowing that in the context is. That's a major difference. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, if if nobody knows that, they could easily find a way to incorporate that into the character. You have to. Come on, that's easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, huh. I don't know. Okay. But uh, yeah, this was a, a pretty uh, in, enjoyable, entertaining Monday Night Raw. Uh, next week's show will feature Undertaker and Tatanka, so they all can't be winners. <laughs> uh, and then after that, we'll have uh, SummerSlam 1995. As always, we appreciate you guys listening, uh, sharing us around on Facebook and interacting with us on Twitter and whatnot. Uh, So I'm excited about uh, really getting into the Monday Night Wars. I think that will spark up more conversations, Uh really comparing both shows. So, you know, we'll obviously be live watching Raw, but then comparing it to Nitro, I think, will be really interesting because... We could even keep a tally of which show is better because I think surprisingly, when Nitro is like dominating Raw in the ratings, more times than not, Raw might have had the better show in terms of entertainment quality. Right, right, and so, I think that's going to be a good key point to keep in mind moving forward. Yeah, um, maybe even like most of '96 might still be like Raw. Raw's not that bad compared to to Nitro. Mm-hmm. I think so, and I especially think, when Nitro goes two hours because they right. kind of oversaturate their stuff. Right, and that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, really quick too, I want to. So if our our uh, IcoPod originals that are listening right now, and I know they're listening because they listen to everything that we put out. That's right. I am throwing down a challenge right now. When this episode gets posted, uh, and it will, and you've already listened to it. <laughs> I want you to go on the Facebook page on this post and I want you to tag five friends who may or may not have heard Icopod before. And I want you to tag them right in the comments because by the time Monday Nitro rolls around, I want to really flex our downloads and I want as many people listening as possible to get as much info as possible on the first episode of nitro because who knows down the road if we do get to 1996 and 7 and we're like wow raw is hot garbage we can repull much to uh the delight of dallas and bob and see if we're switching the channel so let's start it off on a good foot let's get as many people in the door as we can listening as we can 
Because down the road, who knows? Things might change here at Icopod. The wrestling scene is changing in 1995, 6, and 7. And we might have to change with the times. That's yeah, all I'm I al- saying. And I also want to point out, if you guys, uh, you know, I, I don't know why this is like a new thing, but apparently a lot of wrestlers or influencers are always on Twitter. Like, what wrestling podcast do you guys listen to? I, I noticed that as well, yeah. I don't know what that is all about. But it doesn't hurt to do an at sign and then put in Icopod. If you're a fan and you like to listen to us, maybe that helps out with people uh, finding us and seeing what's going on. I mean, we're uh, almost 150 episodes of the regular series. Right. Going on three years uh, of doing this. So straight, no breaks. Yeah. We've never, never missed a week. Right. Uh, so obviously dedicated to, to doing this and, torturing ourselves but and i'll be straight up honest i mean there's been times where it's like certain comments or messages or stuff that bob will pass along to me from listeners has driven me to continue so to even gain one new download one new listener one new mcprice one new mike you know that makes the difference to uh, the people doing the podcast so it's easy for you it's a win for us, and then it's a win for everybody. So help us out. Yeah, and you know what? And if you don't do the stuff that we're asking, because, I've, of course, this is a free podcast, right? And always we, will be. We Yeah, we'll never charge you. We'll never sit here and do eight-minute ad reads to start the show, talk for four minutes, and then do another three minutes ad reads. Right. But we I'll start doing it. <laughs> That's if a lot. If you don't do the shit that Austin just asked or I just asked, okay, motherfuckers. So I'll say by the time we get to October of 95, if these mother, if you guys listen, you Icopod maniac brothers and sisters, I guess maybe there's a woman listening. I doubt it. But if you don't do this shit, that October 3rd episode (laughs) of 95, I will fucking do nine minute ad reads for Raycon. Blue chew, the fucking get out of the way of a train thing. And if you want the not ad version, it's twenty four ninety nine a week. Okay, a fucking week. A week. If you don't think I'm gonna make a Patreon where I do that, you're nuts. Because <laughs> it's already in the works. You want a bonus episode? Break out a 50, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. 50 bucks a day. <laughs> Good fucking luck. Damn it. Yeah. But I'll never do that. I, I do it as jokes when I'm ever like, thanks for Raycon uh, sponsoring the podcast. If Raycon ever listened to us, uh, they'd probably sue us for defamation because they don't want to be associated with us. But uh, that's fine. Uh, but we appreciate you guys being associated with us, even if uh, you're embarrassed by it. You know what? Leave us a review, too, on uh, Apple, iTunes, and yeah, uh, Spotify, or wherever else you can. I don't know. I, do, I just talk and upload stuff. I don't know where you can do any of that, but uh, no, that would be fun, too. You'd probably get mad if you tried to figure out how to write a review somewhere. Yeah. He's not wrong. I got really annoyed uh, trying to figure out iTunes like eight months ago. With my phone, like, this is bullshit. And I had to Facetime him like I was a grandpa. I, I, <laughs> that, Nails, how do you, how do you do this? You gotta like scroll it down or something. And he was just like, "Well, you see that like blue bar?" And I was like, "Ah, uh, 
yeah. And he's like, is it lit? And I'm like, no. He's like, it's not plugged in. I was like, ah, fuck. Okay. It's literally like that. And I've, I can attest to watching a full blown UFC match between Bob Colling Jr. and a printer. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> shit happens. Turn, and it turns out on that one, I did not know how to load the paper incorrectly. So on that note, for Austin Skinner and for Dallas Greeley, I am Bob Conn Jr. And this has been Icopod. You got to print it. I know I'm sexy. I've got the look. I was just thinking that. <laughs> I tried, so I got the mood. That really move them. I said chill. Up and down their spine. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy. I'm just a sexy boy. Make them hot, I make them shiver, their knees get weak, whenever I'm around, they see me walk, they hear me talk, I make them feel, like they're on cloud nine, just a sexy boy, I'm not your boy toy, I'm just a sexy boy, I'm not your boy toy. Get your heart out, girls. Hands off the merchandise. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I've got the looks that drives the girls wild. I've got the mood that really moves them. I said, chill. Up and down their spine I'm just a sexy boy I'm not your boy toy I'm just a sexy boy I'm not your boy toy I make them hot I make them shiver Their knees get weak Whenever I'm around They see me walk They hear me talk I make them feel like they're on cloud nine. Just a sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy. It's your heart out, girls. Hands off the merchandise.